Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. Entrepreneur is such a weird word, isn't it? Anymore, for me at least, it just conjures up the image of the laptop on the beach, quote-unquote digital nomad bros, who tell you how easy it is to start a Shopify store. But what I've learned from my own experience and from the influential people in my life who operate their own business is that the journey is difficult, exciting, exhausting, lonely, and rewarding. That's a lot of up and down that I can imagine a good number of people wouldn't want to sign up for, and I don't blame them. However, there are those out there who crave the uncertainty and the love of risk and being self-reliant. My guest today is my good friend and repeat guest, Zach Rollins. Zach and I have developed a friendship in the last year around a shocking number of similarities in our own lives. In this episode with Zach, I wanted to dive into his mindset of running and starting several businesses and what keeps him driven to continue on, even when it's really easy to throw it all away and go get a good, stable job. He provides some great insight into how he approaches business and tells some great stories of his earliest hustling endeavors as a child. Zach is the founder of Along the Keel, a boat captain, a weightlifter, and a host of other titles. So take notes on this one and enjoy the episode of the Nomad Strength Show with Zach Rollins. now we are back nomad strength show we're doing round two with my buddy zach rollins uh i needed to have zach on again because zach and i talk frequently about a lot of random stuff and half the time i'm thinking man we should have just recorded that that was a pretty good podcast episode <laughs> what we talked about on the phone for 30 minutes and so yep, uh yep. i wanted to do essentially kind of that today but thank you for making the time man i'm, I'm pumped to record with you again oh my god any chance that you know, Ross Hillier hits me up. He's like, hey, do you want to get on a podcast? I'm like, yeah, what time? When? Today? Now? 30 minutes from now? When are we doing it? So, I can cancel um, my lunch. Yeah, I canceled, I, you know, cancel lunch, cancel something else. We're going to hop on and do a pod. Love it. Love uh, it. 
That's awesome. Well, yeah. So, I mean, last time you were on, we, we ended up having a lot of uh, stepbrothers moments when we were on the on the show last time, having all of Great these movie. just realizations of them, you know, of us becoming like, oh, my God, did we just become best friends on so many different <laughs> things. And right? it was all related to a lot of training stuff and, and things we we're into. But I wanted to shift it a little bit this time uh, and, and approach it a little bit more from the entrepreneurial side of things because you and I are both very similar in how we approach how we run business and mm -hmm. that I think is something that I'm you know we haven't done a ton of episodes like on the on the running a business mindset kind of a thing and so I think that would be kind of cool to hear how you maybe it was developed maybe it's just inherent in you like this entrepreneurial sort of spirit right mm -hmm. um but I'm curious how how you kind of manifested all of this. And I say manifested, I mean like you literally put in the work and created. I don't mean like you just like how that yeah. term gets thrown around now. It's like you just yeah. shout something into the clouds and then they, you think it's going to appear. But right. where did this sort of entrepreneurial journey begin for you? Like how early was this? Oh man, that's a great question. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this type of stuff because, you know, part of me is I go back and forth, right? And I've been told several times more recently, actually, that, oh, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. Whereas previously, it was kind of like this feeling of, am I? Like, right. who, what, like, what is that? What is that? What does that mean? And, you know, it's, it all, it goes back to when I was, um, God, I don't know, I had to have been like, eight years old, I think was like the first moment or probably even earlier than that because my first business was, um, it was called Crickets Ahoy. And if, uh, <laughs> and whoever's listening to this, if my girlfriend or friends and family, they probably will laugh because Crickets Ahoy was my first ever business. And at the time, my, you know, my growing up, my family had a lot of animals, you know, we kind of get known as like the zoo and okay. whether they were frogs or cats, dogs, my mom would, you know, you know, uh, we'd bring a lot of animals that were strays and we'd get them healthy and we'd give them out or we foster them and whatnot. So we had this rotation of animals coming in and out of the house. And a lot of the times they were actually reptiles because people would get sick and tired of reptiles because they live so long. And then they'd be like, all right, I'm done. And they just dump them. <laughs> so at the time I had a, a crested gecko and a leopard gecko. And I was like, you know what? all these geckos, they eat a shitload of crickets and I keep going to Petco and I'm having to buy these damn crickets. So why don't I just breed them? Because you, you find out that if you leave crickets in a tank for like, you know, a couple days, all of a sudden you have like three more dozen crickets. And <laughs> at the time I was still, I was always, you know, doing lemonade stands or pulling garbage, you know, the garbage cans back and mm -hmm. forth from people's driveway up to the house, oh, nice. That's making cool. a few bucks there. Like, like anything I could do to make a dollar, right? Mm -hmm. uh, $2, $10, I was always doing it, right? Whether it be shoveling snow or yeah, cutting grass, doesn't matter what it was. But I think Crickets Ahoy would be like my first you know, entrepreneurial <laughs> endeavor. And uh, I can remember sitting down at the kitchen table with my dad and he's helping me write out like, the flyer or the, the mission statement, if you will. And my grandfather made me this little logo with a cricket. I still have it. I should have brought it out and, and showed it to, <laughs> to you because it's pretty funny. I got business cards and everything. So basically the idea was, you know, in the neighborhood, 
all these people had geckos, or at least I thought, and they had reptiles. And I put a bunch of flyers out, and I was just, you know, running and gunning, you know, growing crickets or breeding crickets <laughs> and, uh, and selling them in, in paper bags. And I'd ride around on my bike, and I'd give out crickets, or I'd sell crickets, because people were, were tired of going to Petco. So it was right. kind of like, if you will, a very, very small e-commerce brand minus the website, and it was all done by hand, you know, by eight-year-old Zach. And uh, it, I had a few customers. It didn't last very long, but I had a right. few customers. Um, but, you know, when my dad was writing out the mission statement and helped me do that, the word entrepreneur came out. And he goes, mm. you know, I'm a young entrepreneur looking to make, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this was it. Sure. And I looked at him and I can still remember this. And like, it's almost like a, it's, a, it's an image in my head. And, he, and I go, what, is, what does entrepreneur mean? And he goes, oh, like someone who goes out and creates a business and an idea, like a unique idea mm -hmm. and, and puts the work in and, and, you know, has their own business. And I was like, Hmm, that's kind of cool. And I guess I didn't really think anything of it, but as I grew older, um, you know, my dad worked a lot. He was in sales and still is in sales and has a, and is part of a company that he owns. And, you know, part of that was he was on the road, you know, six, seven days a week. I saw him on Sunday nights and, and that was kind of it. So that combined with, you know, I guess the hustle, the drive, just being curious. Like most kids were playing video games. I was outside, you know, either fishing or working mm -hmm. out or doing some sort of activity. And when I wasn't doing that, I was scheming up ways to make money, you know, on weekends, <laughs> you know, lemonade stands and coffee stands and stuff like that. But it wasn't until my dad actually bought his first business, which was called Image Plus. And Image Plus was a promotional items company. And he was printing shirts and hats and yeah. pens and anything you could do right in where we were living in Florida at the time. And, you know, I think what I, what I thought was really cool was a, I got to see him every night, you know, and there was, you know, got to have dinner with him, which was cool. And I can still remember the first day him coming back and being like, Oh man, you know, started this company up and now I get to see him at night and have dinner. And I was like, wow, it's really rad. Mm -hmm. But what was really cool was seeing students cause he did all the schools, like the local high schools did all the jerseys and whatnot. So going to these high school football games and seeing other people with my dad's stuff on and being oh, like, yeah, my dad cool. did that, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it was yeah. like, huh, that's really, really cool. Like to be able to see an impact on, on the town, on the community. I mean, they paid for it and they, and they used my dad as a, as a business, but it was cool to, to really see that. I think that has always been, um, an underlying factor as to, to what has kind of led me to what I'm doing now. But yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was from a young start. It was, I'm just kind of wired that way, you know, like how can I improve an efficiency? How can I make a buck? What could I do to do this? What could I do to that? And, and seeing yeah, it, yeah, seeing it, it from a child looking at like parents, like you, you know, in your example with your, with your dad, him in that world as well. Like that just mm -hmm. is, that's just normal. You know, like the the things that he needed to do to to do that because um, my mom has my mom's owned her own business for I mean I don't know thirty something years now she's travel agent right. and yes those still exist and people don't ever think they <laughs> exist anymore uh, but she's been a travel agent owns her own agency and and you know it's just her there now but she's had people work for her in the in right. the past but uh, and then with my daddy's 
been in the farming world as a as a consultant for farmers growing crops and stuff. Agronomist is the mm-hmm. technical term for him. Um, but he, Agronomist, you know, I like he, that. He worked for a company for 40 years, but he basically ran his own business within that because it was his clientele. Like all, you know, here right. he's the one running his operation within the mm-hmm. thing. But then uh, four or five years ago, with a bunch of stuff going down, he actually uh, branched and started his own and just basically you know, 40 years of doing it, you know how to do it, you know? So he's just like, I'm just going to do it over here and it's just going to be my name on the thing and I'm just going to run it all myself Mm -hmm. instead. And he's been, so, I mean, like just the, it's that same idea that we were talking about before, uh, in our conversation before we hit record where it's just like, you see something and it's just the idea. It's like, well, maybe I, maybe I, I believe I can do it better than how it's currently being done, whether or not in that moment that's entirely accurate but it's that mm-hmm. belief that I can, I'll figure it out. You know, like I don't need oh, to yeah. sit here and just deal with this. Like if I don't know it right, right away, that's fine. I'll take whatever time it needs and I'll figure it out a way to make it better. Yeah. I just believe that I can do that. And right. uh, it was the same, you know, I've told the story to you and I mentioned it on a couple of other shows when I was at, the, when I was at the gym, I was like, you know, I was mm-hmm. there six months at the big box gym and just from seeing how they ran things in the back end, I'm just like, man, I mean, not that this isn't working because you guys are a huge club and you have four different massive clubs. There's like 30,000 members between the four clubs. And it's like, this is clearly working for you guys, but like for a trainer to make a living off this and then make a career out of it, like it's not going to happen. Like you're never going to get people in those positions to train there for decades and like be a career trainer at a big box gym like that. Right, I'm like, well, right. why is that? And then you look at, you know, the the comp packages and how they, you know, you give basically 70% back to the gym. Uh, yeah, and that's nuts. once you're maxed out on, you know, because in, in my situation, it was you were allowed up to five uh, certifications that each one would increase your percentage of comp. Like, I don't mm-hmm. remember, like 1.2. Five percent or something like that, but you were mm-hmm. capped at five. So once you got your fifth certification and you're training as many hours as you could train a week, there was literally no opportunity for you to ever earn any more money than that time. And I was right, there, right. and I was there 14 months into working at that gym, like as mm-hmm. a 23 year old. And so I'm like, well, right. this isn't going to work, you know, because <laughs> literally my only option is to just work more hours, and there aren't more uh-huh. hours. And so right. uh, I'm like, how can we change that? And, and and it's just the question, like the curiosity is a great word that you use. It's just that being curious, like, well, how can I make this better? Because I think I can, mm-hmm. because I love this and I want to do it forever, but I can't right. do it like this. And so, yeah. but that, and I think, th- and these kind of conversations can get really, I, they can get really touchy with people that aren't entrepreneurial minded or business owner or like n- not necessarily not creative, but Mm-hmm. There are people that just love like working a job and working for somebody. They're in a great situation, you know, so this. And that's totally fine. And we need those people. Like those people are massively yeah. important. Like we can't have everybody on right. the planet having their own company, you know, like right. nobody's going to work for them. There's not any people yep. to work for them. So, yep. uh, but there is something I think that is very just kind of inherent in that. Uh, and it's interesting. I'm trying to remember who it was. I want to say it was Alex. Hormozy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim he Launch. A, yeah, yep. Jim Launch. Love his stuff. He had yeah, a yeah, yeah. he had a yep. really cool uh, video the other day talking about like the like the three traits, character traits mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of people that yep. are like 
hyper, hyper successful, like the, you know, the billionaire types of people. And it was the first one. I thought it was super interesting because it made tons of sense. The first one is just this inherent belief. It's kind of a superiority complex that they're better at this thing than everybody else. Right. (laughs) Right. Like that's, they just believe it. They're better at this thing. The second was, um, it was like, uh, it was like a self-esteem thing. Like they had like kind of low, not, not look like not low self-esteem, but it was like they're, they're running away from something like they're, they're right. afraid of something happening. So they're running away from this thing. Mm-hmm. And then the third was their ability to focus on a single thing for right. a long period of time. Extended period of time without exactly. any sort of, you know, short-term gain whatsoever. Yes. Yes, exactly. So you said when you combine yeah. that with somebody who believes like has this massive vision that they believe that they're the best at at this thing, mm-hmm. they're running away from something that's motivating them to not ever end up in this state, right? They're running away from something. Right. And then they have the ability to focus on that thing that they're mm-hmm. running towards forever. He's like, th- that's like the, the most common because he's like, you're not going to get the guys that are the the 5 a.m. wake up guys all the time and are fit or whatever. Cause he's like, look at the, the 70 and 80 year old billionaires. Like none of them are like that. You know, it's not right. like, you can't just say blanket morning routine. And this is what mm-hmm. makes you successful. Cause he's like, there are dudes that mm-hmm. wake up at 9 a.m. and are fat and have terrible home lives and they're still billionaires. Oh, yeah. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's yeah, not yeah, about yeah. like 100%. habits necessarily, but it's more like the character trait. And I'm like, that is super interesting, but it makes total sense. Right. Oh, makes total sense. I mean, I think he does a really, and I've been, I've been kind of checking out his stuff more and more lately. Um, but I mean, he has a really great point. I have not read his book yet. No, it's good. I'm, 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 his, truth be book. told, I'm, do you have his book? Was it pretty good? Yeah, it's good. It's I, I'm trying yeah. to remember what All it's right. called. I'll it's check like it out. Is, is it an audio book version? Probably. <laughs> All right, cool. You're you're not a page turner, <laughs> dude. I can't do it. I fall. I literally fall asleep. Like if if uh, I sit down on a couch for 10, 15 minutes, I'm asleep. Like you'll find this funny. Doesn't matter. I just if it started the other day because it's been maybe fifteen years since I've read it. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I have the fiftieth anniversary edition of the Lord of the Rings. Like, and it's, a, it's all three books put in one. It's like a thousand pages. And I started it Jesus. like four days ago. So yeah, I'm no, like, I can't do <laughs> not your jam, huh? <laughs> no, 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 not my jam. And I wish I was because everyone's like, you got to read, you got to read. And I'm like, nah, I'm going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to listen. You know, That's it's funny. just because I'm always in the truck. I'm always like on yeah. my computer. Like I, I listen to podcasts when I'm working. I was actually listening to uh, John Wellborn before I hopped on I with you. John. And, and it was the... The latest episode called "Moving Dirt," or let me let me check. Move the dirt. It's on my other browser. That's like um, one of my favorite sayings he ever came up with. It was oh my god, it's brilliant! Line. It's great. Yeah, move. It's called "Move the Dirt," and it yep. and it literally came out like I don't know two hours ago or something. So like for those that don't know new. what the actual line is that goes with that, they've he's John has used this for years now. Pro- I mean, probably since before he even started CrossFit football decade mm-hmm. or so ago probably was it back in his nfl days when he was using this word or before um, yeah that's what he was saying he had he it was just like his thing forever yeah it's just been his yeah. his philosophy of work basically but the idea is i think you know loosely paraphrasing the quote essentially goes you have a massive pile of dirt that you need to use some days you have a shovel some days you have a spoon but the every single day you need to move the dirt and yep. i mean he that's obviously translates to you know training or anything mm-hmm. else that you're like working towards. It's like, it's not always going to be great day to day, 
but because right. some, some days you have a spoon and you're trying to move a, uh-huh. a two-ton pile of dirt with a spoon. It's just not going to go well. Yep. But there's less dirt on the pile today than there was yesterday because you did something still. Yeah, and, and I think it's a great analogy for, you know, entrepreneurship and this, you know, trotting down the, the path of a, a really hard path. Like, I think people think it's easy. It is mm-hmm. incredibly hard. It is it is so hard to go out there and and put yourself out there in a very vulnerable position you know, kind of in a way crossing your fingers like, well, I think it's going to work. So let's see what happens, you know, and, you know, moving dirt is such a great analogy because it's so true. I mean, every single day you wake up and there's a massive pile of dirt, like the big, massive, audacious goal, right? And, and you know, some days you, you get to move five big, like five gallon buckets worth of dirt and you're just scooping it left and right and it all comes in at once. But most of the time you have a spoon, and you're just like dumping it into that five gallon bucket, dumping it in, dumping it in. And then until that bucket fills up, you know, you're like, oh, heck yeah, I got, a, I got a whole bucket full today. But meanwhile, it took you two, three, four, you know, weeks, months, however many days it did to get that bucket filled for that week. And then you dump it out. And then on Monday, you come back and you're like, I got a five gallon bucket to fill and I got this massive pile of dirt. And some days you're like, oh man, you know what? I, I just got to kind of, you kind of want to toss it in, right? Yep. But then you get a small win and that small win could be a phone call. That small win could be a text and that, that it could be literally the smallest thing of the day and it turns you turns your mentality into a totally different direction. But it really is a roller coaster ride. That's what I've learned. And, um, you know, for me this year, I interviewed a guy from the, by the name of Josh Walker on my podcast along the keel. And Josh is the founder of a company called 1620 Workwear. And I think I, w- oh, I want to get right, you right, connected right, right. with him. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. You, you got to get connected to me. with Josh. Yeah. Really rad dude. Was the founder of a company called Burn Helmets. And then uh, went off and started a workwear brand, all made in the USA, all made in Massachusetts. So it kind of hits home for me because I love made in the USA stories. And then, you know, blue collar being a boat captain in the past and like, you know, kind of, well, not in the past, I still am a boat captain, always will be. Being in New England um, area, like that. Yeah, New England, <laughs> like 1620, the start of the USA, like, you know, it's just a cool story. And, uh, you know, we got done with the podcast, he looks at me, he's like, and we're, I'm just bullshitting with him, like tell him kind of where I came from and why the podcast exists. And he's like, oh yeah, you're an entrepreneur. I go, huh. And I think at that point in time, I really didn't believe that I was until that day. And then I kept kind of hearing it. And I was like, all right, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go and we're going to do this. You know, this is going to be yeah. the thing. And, <clears throat> you know, I'm a younger guy, right? So someone listening to this, that's been in the game for a long time. I'm sure now thinks of it as, well, yeah, this is just what I do. But when you first get started and you're first really diving into this and, and trying different things and failing and, and being successful in some ways and just going through that roller coaster of emotions. Cause I mean, some days you're, you're cli- you're flying high at 30,000 feet. You feel great. And you're like, nothing yep. can touch you, you know? And I'll turn on the song, like uh, what's it called? Bad boys for life with, with P Diddy. <laughs> yeah. We ain't going. And then it's like, and then you go writing checks and you're just like, I'm writing checks all day. Yeah. And yep. then the next day you're like, I didn't write any checks. That, yeah. that was total lie. <laughs> it's been three days since I've written a check. <laughs> yeah, three days. Or since more. Probably four. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, more. Um, but, I mean, it's so hard to describe the fact that that opportunity came from, it started from nothing, right? It was just simply an idea. It was just an imagination. It was just a thought. 
and then to bring it into reality is is something that is I mean it's hard to describe right to to take something from absolutely nothing and create it into something and then people actually latch onto it and believe in you yeah. with you yeah and then what's even more powerful which I get really really excited with is when you can bring people along with that dream and yeah. that thought and then they start to believe in it and then it's like holy crap I mean I'm getting goosebumps right now cuz it's when you start to 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 bring people along with you that the work actually begins yeah you know I mean Kind of doing it by yourself is fun, but then when you have a team, like whether they're your customers and clientele or they're your employees or partners, I mean, it really starts to come together and you're like, holy shit, I can do this. Like I can keep, I can keep going. That's really cool. And it was one of the things that I, I thought of as you were saying that it's a, it's a really old, because it, it, it was back before really the idea of industry or, mm. or like a, a company, you know, because before that it was all like household work. You know what I mean? Like, right. a, like a dude was a blacksmith, but that was just like, he did, that was his job. And that was kind of his family's deal. You know, like mm -hmm. we, that mm -hmm. was, we have our place here. And so when somebody would come to work for them, they were treated as like almost being adopted. Like you are now a part right. of my household because I am responsible for your well-being, you know, mm -hmm. because like you're coming in to work for me or apprentice for me or whatever, you're, you're being brought into my family because, you know, it's just me and you in this thing now, or maybe it's you and right. one other person. So you're treated like a, an adopted child almost if you're going mm -hmm. to work for somebody in this. And I think, you know, obviously as companies started becoming huge and more corporate and industry driven, they lose a lot of that. Um, that sort of connection. I mean, everybody who runs a business, you would think, or you would hope like wants to take care of the people that work for them. Right. I know that doesn't always right. happen, but you'd hope so. But even, but even taking it out a step further and being like, I'm you're, you're a part of my home now. Like you are right. responsible. So like it kind of speaks to what you were saying. Like when you have people that believe in that and want to hop on, it really kind of cranks it up. You're like, Oh dang, I've got like three more mouths now that I'm responsible for. Like right. I better kick it into overdrive. Yep. Yep. No, hundred percent. And, and you know, I got, I got a business partner and um, a couple business partners and, and you know, it wasn't until he came on board that we really started to kind of formulate this idea of what, you know, along the keel was. And it started just as a podcast. And, you know, I went through several iterations of, you know, it's going to be affiliate marketing. It's going to be uh, a, a rep group for all these companies that I was working with and going around and selling products. And at one point in time, I was thinking a third-party logistics company and was looking at warehousing. And, you know, okay. my, my, my friend and mentor and one of the business partners, John, I mean, he was helping me kind of work my way through that. And John's very successful. I mean, he's got a really successful coffee company and, and he has family that are, you know, successful in their own right and entrepreneurs and whatnot. And, um, what was really neat is I, you know, along the kill podcast, I had to talk to all these entrepreneurs every single day, big, small, in between just starting out to, you know, 30 years in, in the pipeline. Yeah. And, you know, I think one thing that I've learned throughout the whole thing is, you know, it, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. And there's, you, you plot this graph of like small wins, small wins, loss, small wins, loss, small wins, loss. But all of a sudden you start to hockey stick up. 
and you kind of compress the time of how long it took you to achieve one thing a little bit along the way. And then that right. time gets compressed and compressed and compressed and compressed. And then all of a sudden you look at where you are and you're like, holy crap, we just grew a ton or we have, you know, six clients now. And, you know, I had a meeting with one of the largest beer manufacturers in New England and, um, and probably one of the most iconic beers in the state of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting at this table and I'm thinking, and I had actually reached out to them a while ago, but it wasn't until we got connected with other people that I got a seat at the table. I'm thinking to myself, how the heck did I end up here? <laughs> you know, like, how did this happen? Here I am, you know, starting out with a, a microphone from Amazon, 20 bucks, to now I'm talking with one of the larger, you know, beer brands in in New England and, and one of the ones that are most iconic. I'm not going to give yeah. their name away, but if you heard them, you'd be like, wow, okay, I've yeah. heard of them. And, uh, and that's not to be, you know, boastful, but it's just a matter of like, wow, that's really actually freaking cool, you know, and yeah. didn't expect that to happen, you know? Seriously, it's, it's always, it's the analogy that I think of right away um, to tie it into, because I, I mean, I just came back from an elk hunt like a week and a half ago. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint. So my mind was, How was that by the way? I mean, it was fun. We came we didn't it didn't end with what the result was that we wanted, but it was <laughs> yeah. a whole new area, whole new unit that I've never been in. Yeah. Um, just ridiculously beautiful country up up in that part of the state where I I'd never yeah, been yeah, up there yeah. to to hunt, and it was it was it was weird. Like it was just quiet. They weren't making nothing was making any noise. We'd seen one elk like the very last day. We chased him all day long, looped like a huge four mile loop to mm-hmm. play the wind and come back on him, and he was nowhere to be seen so for all we right. knew like he was he peaced out over the top of the ridge five minutes after we had seen him and <laughs> our whole day of hiking and Gone. getting to him was for nothing but you know like you never know he, but we went literally right. right where he was standing saw all the tracks all it was like oh he was right here this is where he was and then oh yeah look he went right <laughs> over the ridge right there uh but it was the the analogy of like it's the same when you're hiking or like when you're mm. when you're hiking up 
especially if it's like a steep hill, right? Like you're, you're trying to gain elevation really fast and your freaking quads are burning and it feels like it's taken forever. And it, it doesn't feel like you're moving anywhere at all. Cause you're like, I am, I'm looking up and I still have this whole thing to go, you know, like to get right. to where I'm going to go. And then after a while you just stop and you turn around and you look down, you're like, holy crap, I have covered some ground. Mm-hmm. Like I had no, I like you, it's, it's not until you turn around and look back on what you've already climbed up that you're like, actually, like we're moving pretty good. I, it doesn't feel like right. it. it. Doesn't look like it when I'm still looking at where we got to go. But yeah. you, you turn around, you see the progress that you've made. You're like, that's actually pretty impressive. We're we're cooking right now with our pace. And so there's a lot of right. with business. I mean, it's the exact same thing. You you get moments where, like you said, you things are looking really good, uh, things are doing really well, but you see this thing that you're trying to build or work towards. And it's like, oh, man, we have so much farther to go. We are so just not even close. <laughs> and then there's another one on the other side of that mountain that's even bigger that we got to get up that one. And, yeah. and But then you turn around, you're like, actually, like we're making some pretty good ground. Right, right, right. No, and then you kind of look back and you're like, wow, that's pretty badass. Like, look what we accomplished. <laughs> and, you know, you see, and again, like sometimes, you know, I wish that I was able to take a regular job and do the nine to five thing and, and be okay with that, you know, because I do have a regular job right now, but it's what I'm doing after hours that is what the passion is, right? And sure. what, and, and I think passion is kind of micro, micro, who I love micro, he's like, passion is bullshit, right? Yeah. You know, you can't, I mean, the guys that he was on a, a dirty jobs with, you know, cleaning out septic tanks, <laughs> those guys aren't passionate about cleaning septic <laughs> tanks, right? right? But they're passionate about building the team. They're passionate. Well, let me say this. I don't know if they're passionate about cleaning out septic tanks, but it doesn't sound like they probably would be. You know, right. I think they're passionate about helping their community and growing and helping people and, and building a business. And, and that's what they're passionate about, right? The septic tank is just nearly the, the, the vessel in which they're doing it in, right? Um, and, and that's kind of always stuck with me is what Micro said is like passion's bullshit. You know, I think you got to really enjoy what you like doing, but right. it doesn't necessarily have to always be what you're actually doing, right? Because the right. day-to-day grind isn't necessarily what's the fun part. I mean, I right. can't imagine that you're, you know, over the moon about programming all the time, right? Hours right. and hours and hours of sitting, sitting in front of your computer because that's what it is, right? Yep. Sitting in front of your computer, writing programs, sending emails, like, but what's really fun is when you see someone like gain a lot of progress, put on yeah. five pounds of muscle, lose two pounds of fat. Like, and that's what's fun. Like that's what the rewarding part is. You know, getting there wasn't necessarily the, the, the funnest part, but at the back end, like, damn, that was a lot of fun, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess it's a matter of just kind of chasing those feelings, you know, and um, sometimes it's hard. It's hard to do that and figure those, you know, figure out where those feelings are going to be and, and how do you find them? Right. Well, and I wanted to, to, to go from that and go into more of the granular, like practical mm. side of this, right? Because we we're talking about entrepreneurs. It's like, oh, I have a dream and then I'm, I'm going to just do it. Right. And like, right. And, and somebody's like, well, okay, I have the, I have the dream, but like, mm-hmm. what do I need to like do, and it's not even what do I need to do? It's like, what kind of things do I need to make myself habitually do every day in order to like be that person that can do this, right? So from like a practical standpoint or, or, or like a productivity standpoint, you know, for you specifically, 
what mm-hmm. are some of the things that work really well for you in terms of maybe it's organization, maybe it's certain productivity, maybe it's how you set up your day. Like I, what works well for you and how you run your stuff? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have too, too much of like a, like a game plan, if you will. I mean, sure. I mean, there, let me, let me rephrase that. Like from a, from a scheduling standpoint, I try and block stuff out. <laughs> Sorry. You know? I just thought I mean, of the, the hey, Joker that? line when you said that <laughs> from oh. Dark Knight, where he's like, "Do I really look like a guy with a plan?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not, not too far from the truth. Um, but <laughs> I love that movie. Dark Knight's like the best Batman the best, movie. The best. Christian Bale's by far the best Batman. The best. Um, so that's a whole other episode. I, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I know you're you're and you're really into Batman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I get up. I try and get up pretty early. Um, today, truth be told, I usually I got I usually get up between five and five thirty, mm-hmm. and coffee, breakfast. You know, I eat the same thing every day: four eggs, two pieces, uh, two pieces of bacon. You know, usually English muffin or bagel, and then I get started. You know, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I just get to work. You know, I just get on my computer. I start you know, typically going through what I got to go in terms of emails and all that stuff. I mean, there's really, this isn't, uh, it's not rocket science, right? You're either doing the work or you're not doing the work. And for me, I try and create as many systems as I can, you know, like when I film and edit the podcast, I try and get it to point where, all right, I got my intro, here's the format. I got my outro, here's the format and then put it together. So it really only takes me, you know, at most 30 minutes to an hour, right? And that, that checks the box for that. I mean, I use my iPad a lot to, to create schedules and to check the bot, you know, um, you know, check marks on things that I do, cross things out. Are you like a, are you a to-do list kind of guy? Do you usually, you know, have like your, your list of things that need done priority wise and just literally go down the list? Do you, do you do that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, it kind of depends on the day. You know, if I know, I, I live out of my calendar. I mean, my, my girlfriend will, will make fun of me. She, she'll send me calendar invites for stuff that she wants to do. And, uh, <laughs> like, like this, this, this month I'm booked every single weekend, you know, but yeah. she's also a, photo- a wedding photographer. So she's usually right. booked on weekends too. So really it's like Friday nights and then she trains at the gym that I train at. So we get to see each other then. Um, but on the 22nd, we're able to, you know, carve out the day and do something, you know, she wants to do all the fall fun stuff. Right. Yep. And, uh, so she sent me a calendar invite. And I jokingly just hit maybe on it. She got kind of <laughs> mad at that. But um, <laughs> I switched it back. I switched it back. She's like, you tentatively accepted my fall activities day? And I go, I'm tentatively going. <laughs> I'm going to pencil you and, in. Uh, I'm going to pencil you in. Yeah, let me just, let me pencil you in. But I mean, honestly, I mean, that, I, I live out of my Google calendar. You know, if yeah. it's not, if my family doesn't send me something that, hey, we're doing a family event, I just, it's not going to, like, it's going to get booked over with something. Yeah. Um. But typically, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of my, how I roll, you know, and I just try and work as much as I can throughout the day, eat and go to the gym. And then by the time I get home from the gym, I eat again and I go to, I fall asleep. <laughs> right. Like there's, and it, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, I just try and work as much as I can. Weekends, I take a little bit of time off, but again, you know, well, I you're also of, in the stage of, of life right, right now where you, you can afford to do that. You know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. Like, like there's 100%. you've you've got the time, you've got the the ability to spend all of the extra hours putting in the stuff on the front end of the of, of all the stuff that you're doing right now. You know, and hundred percent. That's, 
a sweet spot to be because you can just literally put your head down and get stuff done. Um, I'm yep. curious from a from like a, a goal setting perspective, do you have a like a, a way that you like to write out or or have goals that maybe it's long term, maybe it's things you like. Here's my I need to get this done in you know a month or ninety days or here's two mm-hmm. years, here's five years. Do you have a somewhat of a system for for how you do that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely short. I, I definitely um, you know use short term goals and then have a bigger goal down the road. You know, I think I kind of look at it in like quarterly, right? So three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, sure. where I want to be. And even like five years, you know, like I put it in my head, by the time I turn 30, I'm going to have five units of rentals, right? Whether that be two, uh, two duplexes with four units and then a single family or a sure. three family, like that's kind of that I've always, I've always been interested in real estate and that's the path that I'm taking right now. I'm in the process of looking for the first, the first one, um, which is extremely difficult right now, but, uh, yeah. that's another podcast in itself. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're, we're getting there. We're getting closer every time. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's a short-term goal or you, you know, one, one might say a long-term goal, but you know, long-term goal is, is really like be able to have freedom, you know, and be able to have a family and, and not have to work you know, all the time, not have mm-hmm. to travel, not have to, you know, kind of do what I, I grew up, you know, with just a one day a week, one, two days a week. And, you know, my dad is awesome. He's the one that gave me a lot of my work ethic, as long as, you know, with my mom as well, like working hard is something that my brother and I definitely do. And, uh, in terms of goals, I think it's just a matter of like, what do I have today that I need to get done? Mm-hmm. What do I want to accomplish this month in terms of revenue in the door, people that we're getting, clients that we want to hit? And then, you know, longer term being, I want to be at this number and making this number by this age or sure. this year. You know, I kind of, I mean, I'm mean, i a younger guy, right? I said that before. And for me, age is kind of like, I got my twenties. This is the time to grind, you know? Yeah. And I can put all the work in here and set myself up for the 30s. And then when 30s hit, I know I've accomplished those goals. I can set myself up for 40s and 50s and say, you know what I mean? It's like, how do I get to a point where I'm maximizing my time and then time equals freedom? You know, the more time I put in now, again, we're compressing time on the back end to get to where I want to be. Yeah. It's interesting. The, when you, when you go into an idea of a business and, and you're, in this like really exciting stage where it's right at the beginning and it's like, oh man, we've have these huge goals, these huge aspirations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some, I, I know you know who he is, but uh, Mike Bledsoe, one of the original Barbell Shrug. OG hosts, Barbell we, Shrug. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole section of the podcast last time was our Barbell Shrug realizations. <laughs> but Mike was uh, a business coach of mine for a little while. And he has a, sorry, my thing came unplugged here just got the notification that my computer was going to die, but like a charger was right oh, there. Good. So I'm like, Oh no, it's not. Um, <laughs> he Ooh, has yeah. this, yeah, right. <laughs> he has this, uh, <laughs> this really cool approach when he starts a new business mm-hmm. and, uh, it's his goal to basically create himself out of the business within like three mm. years of creating it. Like yeah. that's how he, and that's his, that's how one of the ways he measures if it's successful is like, I've, you know, in three years, can this thing operate without me? 
and be successful right. and like continue to grow and not need me involved in the day-to-day stuff. Like I can still be around if I want, or if I don't want to, I can just pass this off and I'll go start the next thing. So he's kind of like mm-hmm. the serial entrepreneur, you know, that term that gets yeah. thrown around. Like he'll literally build one thing, just pour into it for a few years. And then he's like, do I want to stay in this? Uh, if so, I'll, I'll have this kind of larger big picture mm-hmm. oversight thing. But if not, he's like, I got plenty of great people that I've put into this over the last three years, they can run it. Yeah. And I'll just be, you know, I'll just be collecting checks as one of the owners or, or yep. as the founder, yep. you know what I mean? And so one of the things, and this was actually just a, an article that I had read, I want to say it was on Morning Chalk Up, uh, talking mm-hmm. about CrossFit gyms. So, so it was just, it, I thought it was an interesting one because a lot of guys, they were talking about don't get into opening a gym with the idea in mind to eventually sell it. Right. Like to, to have it be your, you know, cause it really is your retirement, you know, like mm. if that's even a, a, a word that you want to apply to your life at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of these, that's the other thing with, with a lot of guys that are the entrepreneur types. It's like, well, we'll, all, we'll always be doing something, you know, oh, but the idea, the idea is to like create everything else that you can just do it when you want, you know? Right. And, uh, but just the idea that it doesn't, uh, happen very often where people will start a gym with the idea in mind that I'm going to sell this eventually. So, Mm -hmm. but that changes totally how you approach building it. Like, cause you Mm -hmm. need to create it as an, as an asset, like an appreciating asset, asset. It's not just like some random garage that I, I work out people in for 20 years and then I go to want to do something else or whatever. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? Like there's no, you have no value put into this place. So that idea, like you had mentioned was like, I want to build this thing huge, whatever the idea is, but the end result is going to influence how I approach Mm -hmm. this now and, and give me like direction and a roadmap to kind of how to get there. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I've learned from, you know, my friend, John, he's, he's just, all about systems, you know, just yeah. like Mike and, and it's like create systems now that way you can get to a point where you can step away and it's not going to burn down, you know? Yeah. And I heard this guy, I think his name was Chris Cooper. I was listening earlier today or maybe it was yesterday. And, uh, he has a business called two brain and it's like a business all around. It's up in Canada actually. And he goes, if you're not, if you can't step away for three days and your business not completely fold in half, you know, then you don't have a business, you know, that's, yeah. that's a hobby, right? Like you, you got to be able to step away and, and create space in order for you to actually operate. But I think in the beginning, all businesses are going to be attached to the hip, right? Oh, yeah. They are you, you're the, you're the epitome of the brand. You are the brand, right? Mm-hmm. For a, for a long time until you get to the point where you can say, okay, well, Hey, Tyler, I need you to, do this, right? And you're not the one that's stuck doing it. Um, how to get there and whatnot, we're, we're still a work in progress over here in, in Zach's world, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but we're we're getting there, you know? And But that's just the know, phase. I mean, wh- I mean, that's that's the that, phase Yeah, it's the are, season right? of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. 100%. Um, but I was talking to, you know, John yesterday, we're in the office and, and his brother came in and he's an M&A guy. And, um, you know, we're just discussing... Uh, these, you know, these guys that have big firms and they have hundreds of companies under their management. And to me, that sounds like so much fun because <laughs> I don't know if you, Ross, have you seen, you've seen The Office, right? Please. 
Okay. All right. Just making <laughs> sure. I feel like I've asked you that question before, but Michael oh, Scott man. Paper Company episode. Yes. yes. Favorite by far. That the section. Best I've told, I've, man, just another step Dude, right? moment here. Right. I've <laughs> told Molly several times because we'll watch that just random spots. I was like, that yep. five episode section of the series is amazing. When Idris Elba comes in and yep. he goes and starts, uh, like, that's my favorite like section of episodes, <laughs> maybe in the whole series. <laughs> Dude, it's by far the funniest episode because you know they start out and they have like the um the the Korean church fan right, and they're driving around, <laughs> yeah. they're picking up people, and they're like, no, 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 this is not yeah. that, and then <laughs> then they just like job. let it happen, and they're just driving yep. these random <laughs> Korean people around. <laughs> but I think the best part was for yeah. me is when he's in the office with when he's in the uh, the conference room with David Wallace. And they're like, no, we'll just start another one and another one and another <laughs> one. He's like, Michael, you can't do that. Like, yep, there it is. That's the name, Michael Paper Company. <laughs> I have no shortage of company names. I have no Michael, shortage. That's of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly like, right, though. It's exactly. But like, right. I want like to be able to get to that point where you can start a business and create systems. And mm-hmm. you know, one thing that I love learning from John is like. He he's gotten to the point where he's bought and sold. Well, he's uh, he's created and he's he's sold companies and he's created more. And you know the reason why I wanted to partner with him is like he he knows the systems. Like he knows yeah. how to create the business. And and it, for me, when I started my business, like creating the LLC, getting insurance, the trademark, all that stuff took me a while just to figure out. You know, like right. where do I go? LegalZoom.com. Do I get an attorney? I don't know. Like how do I figure this out? Um, but when we went in with business with John, it was immediate, you know, it was like, okay, we're live. And it was like, yep. oh, okay, that was a week. Okay. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're just waiting for signatures to come through. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and I actually, when I started mine, it was, you know, it was, I learned a lot from him and I got a trademark attorney and learned a valuable lesson in trademarking. Cause I got, you know, I was threatened to be sued. You know, I had to change my whole name and I spent like, 1500 bucks on getting this trademarked. And then as soon as it got trademarked, I got a cease and desist from someone else, oh my you know, gosh. and then I had to get a new trademark. So I spent like three grand within a within like, you know, two weeks. Right. And, uh, I'm like, this is just starting out and I'm already three grand in the hole, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> like this sucks. Um, <laughs> I but haven't done anything yet. <laughs> I, haven't even, I haven't even made money yet. And, <laughs> And, uh, but it was a valuable lesson, you know, and I tell everyone that story because it, you know, my girlfriend who, when we first started dating, she was doing a lot of photography and then eventually she was like, Hey, how do I do a website? Or, Hey, how do I get an LLC? Like, how do I make this legit? And I was like, here's what I did, you know? And that's the other thing that I've learned too, is that it's been a lot of fun teaching people and, or, or not teaching, I would say providing information to people, you know, and what they do with it is on their own terms. But um, just being able to be kind of like, this is what I did, you know, here's what I think, you know, maybe you should do or maybe not, you know, but take the information and do what you want with it. Um, And don't, don't start something without getting it trademarked. (laughs) Good advice. (laughs) Going down to a very risky rabbit hole. (laughs) Oh my God, (laughs) it's insane. But now my trademark attorney and I are kind of good friends and he comes out and we we talk boats and stuff because he bought a sailboat. So, you know, there's a win with everything. Um, But that's, but going back to that, that's the benefit of having a coach or a mentor 
You know, like, mm. I mean, we've, we've talked about this a bunch in relation to obviously training, but it's yep. the same thing in business. Like the reason, like with, uh, with your partner, like you guys show up and he's like, oh yeah, like, here's what we're doing. Like, right. There's that instant. Wow. Okay. I have so much to, to learn from yep. this guy because he is just already, he's got the things in place where we want, how do I do that? And having that person right. be there to show you saves you so much time and yep. so much money and it helps you develop those things more efficiently. I mean, and that's the whole mm -hmm. point. Like, how do we do this as efficiently as possible and not waste the next three years making all these mistakes when, like, we should have just listened right. to what he said and we would have been done with this in three weeks, you know? <laughs> yep, yep. And, I, and I've done that too. Like, he, there was advice that I was given a, a while back from him and I didn't listen. I thought I was just going to do it my own way. And I winded up losing out, you know? I was like, ah, oh, damn it. All right, next time I'm listening, you know? Yeah. And, and ever since then, it's like, okay. There's there's other people, like, you don't know everything and you can listen to all the books, all the podcasts, all that stuff. But when you get face-to-face -face with someone and you, can, and you know that person is at a different level than a lot of people, and this goes with anything, like whether he's a coach or a mentor or a, or a friend, um, they're just able to compress time, you know? And I think that's, I know I've said that a lot, but I was thinking about it yesterday. I was like, huh, if you can take experiences and provide them to someone else, you're, you're compressing that to a point where it's like a bite size and they don't have to live through all the bullshit that you had to, you know? And it's a matter of like taking, if do you take that advice and save that time or do you not, you know? And yeah. I think that's probably been my biggest lesson within the past I don't know, three, you know, three to six months, you know, and within the last six, three months, I would say there's been a, a lot of learning that I've done. And, yeah. um, you know, looking back on it now with the, you know, having this conversation, you kind of start to think about it and you're like, wow, I've actually learned and grown a heck of a lot within the last three months. And it's kind of crazy because three months is not a long time. Not at all, actually. Mm -mm. No, I no, I'm, it's nothing. And now I'm now that I'm thinking back on you know really because it wasn't until I went the first I want to say like maybe 18 12 maybe 12 to 15 months mm. um immediately after starting my my coaching business after I left the gym right just doing everything on my own you know mm -hmm. and part of that was because like I literally did not have the money to pay for a coach Right. I mean, yep. I was, yep. you know, like it, it wasn't even just remote and it wasn't even on my radar as a thing really at that point either. Right. And, and you know, if I, if I could have found a way to make it work, but I didn't even really know that, that was a thing in that first year. And I, when I finally joined my first uh, coaching program, it was like, man, in the first month, like I had everything set up in a way where I'm like, this literally took me six months to do this. Like the first yeah. six months was me doing all of this right here that I just got done in a week. Like, right. why didn't I have something like this when bef even before I started? Like having that right. in the in the lead up to actually launching everything, I would have hit mm -hmm. the ground running with all of this. And, uh, but you know, you, you make a lot of those mistakes on your own and that's valuable too because I think that's something that uh, that maybe gets lost when we're talking about getting hire a coach or find a mentor, they're going to help you like cut down the time on all this stuff. And it's not mm -hmm. because you're never going to make a mistake again. Like right. 
or you're not going to do something wrong and then have to learn from that. Like you absolutely still are going to make mistakes or do things that don't work out and 100%. you have to adapt. I mean, that's just part of it. Um, yeah. But the really obvious ones that are kind of stupid that you shouldn't have to even <laughs> worry about, like those are the kind of things that yeah. are really beneficial because the coach is like, dude, don't do this. Like this is, everybody does this, just don't or whatever it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't and be an like, idiot. <laughs> oh, that saved, me, that saved me two weeks of time or whatever. And those kind of things stack up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's just, it. there's so much value in it. And I've had three different, uh, three different business coaches now that all kind of operated in different realms of mm-hmm. the business. Mm-hmm. And so it was, there was, there was things to take from all of them that I still integrate into how I do things now. Um, but that's part of it too, is you have to find a coach or mentor, whatever it is, that's understands what type of business that you're getting into. Uh, and then understands you personally, like, Right. The personality match is just as important as the knowledge and ar- arguably more that's, so. That's, I think, the biggest. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. Yeah, because oh, it's just I, like training, like bringing in training clients. You know, mm-hmm. like if I've, I've had people I've turned away from coaching because I'm like, you and I are not going to get along. Even right. though I know the stuff that I could do could help you, we're not going to get along. You're not going to like my personality. Mm-hmm. I maybe don't like your personality. Like we don't vibe, <laughs> right? And yeah. so – yeah. Uh, it's just not going to work and, and it's going to be a waste of time for both of us. And so that's a huge right. component of that relationship. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's something that it, it, it can be difficult to find. And then in some, in some ways it just kind of happens, you know, and I think it, what it's the yeah. ones that just happen, you know, tend to work out a lot better. Um, and I was very blessed to know, to meet mine, you know, when I was at a CrossFit gym, you know, when I was, yeah. uh, 15, you know? So, but I think there's something important that everyone should note is if you don't, this this is a two-way street. You know, you have to also provide value to that person in some way, shape, or form. And for the most part, that person likes to do what they're, they're, they're helping you for a reason because they like you as a person. But, if you're disingenuine, if you're inauthentic, if you're mean, if you're just not a nice person, well, they're not going to want to help you, right? And it's taking some of their advice and using it and kind of going back to them and being like, hey, I, this is what I did and I, I shouldn't have done that. But, you know, thanks for pointing me in the right direction and, and providing that because that in and of itself is value to them because they feel like they they were able to help you, right? Yeah. So it doesn't necessarily have to be value in the sense of, you know, monetary value or, oh, I gave you a free pair of whatever or, or this or that. Just like the, the basis of you actually give a shit about their advice and you give Mm -hmm. a shit about them. Um, I think is super important. And, you know, in terms of like what you said, personality wise, that right there is hypercritical because if you don't, if you don't like the person or Mm -hmm. if they rub you the wrong way, um, Probably not gonna, like, you know, or even just like a value system, you know, like the value so system many, is huge. Oh my know, god! Like, yeah, there can be dudes that can be unbelievably successful yep. uh, that have great advice or great knowledge to share, but right. me looking for them for a coach, and I, you know, from a fundamental level, disagree with or don't get along with everything that they stand for. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go try and work for that, like learn from that guy, like no, regardless 100%. of how important it is, you know? Because like, it's just yep. not gonna be a beneficial relationship. 
Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you don't get along with that person, you know, from a social standpoint, from an economic standpoint, from, uh, you know, whatever that is, health, you know, wellness. I mean, that's something that if, if I'm going to someone and they're not healthy and they don't care about going to the gym and, you know, longevity and all that stuff, it's not going to work out. Like, I just Mm -hmm. don't, I just don't care. You know, this is, you know, going to the gym and being healthy. That's a huge component in my life. Like that's a, that's a pillar. That's something that doesn't go away. And and that's a non-negotiable too. So if the job and the, in the work that I'm doing doesn't allow me to complete that pillar, then I just, I can't do it. You know, it's just not going to work out. And even if I tried doing it, it wouldn't be long-term. So the same thing with a mentor, you know, it's like, you gotta, you gotta like John and I were always, we're always bullshitting and, and laughing and, and, you know, from a political standpoint, we're very aligned from a social standpoint, very aligned to the point where you can pretty much say anything to him or, or to me. And, it, and we're probably going to laugh about it and be like, yeah, that person's an idiot, you know, like, yeah. and just, you know, have fun with it. Cause at the end of the day, you kind of are a friend, you know, and yep. um, like definitely a friend. You're not kind of are a friend. So yeah, man, I don't know. It's, uh, it's so important to have someone like that. And, and, and it's yeah. only been until the last six, three to six months that I've really kind of sunk in and absorbed that and let it, let it do its thing. You know, like we got, we opened up an office together and you know, the office that I'm in now is, uh, I love my home office. It's great. But the fact that I can be next to him every single day and be able to learn and just look up and ask a mm-hmm. question. And I mean, we're in a basement, like it's not a nice, it's not like we got the walls <laughs> right. painted and whatnot, like, right. but it's, it's nice in the sense like, this is mine. This is cool. I, this is, this is, this is mine now. Um, but in terms of the environment itself, it's like, yeah, it's kind of shitty, but it's not bad, you know, <laughs> but it's the fact that I can be there with someone else who I know has the ability to put, take me to the next level and I can do the same for him. That's rad, man. That's a pretty good spot to wrap up. I know you got to peace out here in a few minutes. So that was actually a pretty good, <laughs> nice little tie in to everything to close out. Um, <laughs> dude, thanks for making time again to man today, man. I had a blast uh, catching up and, and going over the stuff. This is the, literally, this is the kind of stuff that you and I talk about on the phone all the time regularly. And so yeah. I needed, I knew we needed to just get it recorded so we can have it for, for content. Love it. <laughs> love it. Uh, uh, content. It's all about content. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Some of the stuff will stay in the private phone calls, but this is, there's a lot yeah, of nuggets yeah. that we, that we go over a lot, but thank you, man. I appreciate it. Why don't you do uh, your plugs for the podcast and what you guys are doing? Uh, Cause there's a lot of cool stuff that, that you've been working on lately. Yeah. I appreciate that, Ross. Um, and you know, likewise, I really always enjoy, you know, getting a phone call or a text and, and it's, it's always fun being able to go back and forth with each other and kind of like throw ideas our way and, and, and just help each other out. So, mm-hmm. you know, right back at you. Yeah. I mean, if you're someone wants to listen in and, and check out my podcast, it's called along the keel. It's all about primarily brands that are being built by the coast. We do interview some people occasionally, but it's really more of an entrepreneurial podcast about founders and, and their struggles and their pitfalls and how they overcame them and successes. Um, and then you can follow us at along the keel, all one word and check out the website along the keel.com. I uh, check out my Instagram captain underscore Zachariah underscore Rollins. And, uh, yeah, hit me up. Awesome, if you want. dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, if I not, appreciate you making it. time. Cool. Thanks, Ross. Later, man.